let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Monday evening where we continue our reflections into the second letter to the Corinthians. We have been talking about a great number of things here on Seeds of Truth as we seek to apply Paul's wisdom. This evening we are going to talk about what it means to live by faith, what it means to not lose heart, what it means to focus in on the interior life, and out from that how we gain proper perspective on the world and, and what's going on around us. And speaking of the world, <laughs> and speaking of being present to those around us, I do just want to continue to thank all of you who continue to take time out of your very busy schedules to spend time with me here on Seeds of Truth as I, in the friendly confines of Chico, California, Northern California, reflect into Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, verse by verse. I know some of you are tuning in by way of podcasts from the countries of Mexico, Canada, Brazil, Argentina, Chile, out in Western Europe, France, Portugal, Spain, Italy, uh, Germany. I also see others listening in China, uh, Croatia, South Africa. It really is an honor that you are taking time out of your busy schedules to reflect with me and really to reflect with St. Paul, right? Because what we are about here is getting into the heart of St. Paul. We have been drawing from a number of different resources, to the least of which is uh, Father Stegman's commentary and the Catholic Commentary and Sacred Scripture series. He has had some insights for us. So we will continue to use him as a resource. We will continue to call upon the Holy Spirit to illuminate mind and heart so that we might be better Christians, be better Catholics, based upon our understanding of Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Now, that being said, let us get back into the epistle itself, the letter itself. We left off in uh, chapter 4, so I am going to go ahead and read verses 16 to 18. So this is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. So we do not lose heart, Though our outer man is wasting away, our inner man is being renewed every day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, because we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal, are eternal. So, What's going on here? Well, first of all, Paul reiterates what he said in the opening verse of this chapter, which is what? He's not discouraged. Despite much suffering and opposition, he does not lose heart. He previously stated that he derives encouragement where? But from God's call to him to be a minister of the new covenant. We spent a whole program reflecting into the meaning of that last week, right? What it means to be a minister of the new covenant. Now, Paul stresses that he is bolstered 
by the hope of eternal life that God is preparing for him. That is, for Paul, through faith, how he is able to keep the big picture in view, recognizing that his apostolic life is a pilgrimage toward a better homeland, a heavenly one, as he says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Now, when Paul makes a distinction between our outer self and our inner self, he is not simply referring to the division of the human person into body and soul. No, the outer self denotes embodied human existence that is subject to aging, that is subject to weakness, that is subject to affliction, sickness, and ultimately physical death, right? In short, (laughs) it is synonymous for who we are as he has already talked about it, earthen vessels. Paul does not deny that from this perspective, he is wasting away. Nevertheless, he is not discouraged because his inner self, his inner man is being renewed day by day. And how important is that verse? The inner self here, my friends, refers to the human existence that is transformed and strengthened by the indwelling of God's Spirit. It is equivalent to the I, as Paul would speak to it in Galatians 2.20, who by faith has grasped the reality of the thou. You know, we spend so much time focusing on what? But the outer man, the outer self, right? We go great lengths to take care of the outer self. And what do I mean? Well, what we look like. How many hours do we spend in the gym? How many hours do we spend exhausting ourselves to great pains, literally, that the outer self is being taken care of? We are very attentive to our diet. We take in only so much because if we take in too much, then, well, for most of us, we understand we are not taking care of the outer self. We exhaust ourselves. We expend ourselves doing what? (laughs) Taking care of the outer self. Brothers and sisters, do you take the same amount of time with the inner man, the inner self? Do we exhaust (laughs) the inner self? working out the interior life. What do I mean? Well, brothers and sisters, prayer. Do we spend time with God? Do we discipline the interior life by saying no to this or by saying no to that if it is going to impact the inner man, the inner self in a negative way? Do we give in to temptation? Do we gossip? Do we watch X-rated movies? Do we do this kind of thing, things that impact the spiritual life, things that dirty the inner man? Do we exhaust ourselves, training ourselves up with the inner man in mind? Do we fast? What is fasting? Fasting is praying with the body. Do we discipline the flesh in that way? We discipline the flesh when we build up our physical muscles, but do we discipline the flesh when we build up our spiritual muscles? Huh? Brothers and sisters, St. Paul makes it clear that although our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day, ought to be renewed day by day, right? And again, I just mentioned prayer. This is done by prayer. I want to turn our attention 
to some wisdom that comes to us from St. John Paul II, and listen to what he has to say as it relates to just not prayer, but also the Holy Spirit. Because as we know, in a careful reading of Romans 8, it is about the Holy Spirit that inspires our prayer. You have heard me talk about that before, huh? All right, so this is St. John Paul II. The breath of the divine life, the Holy Spirit, in its simplest and most common manner, expresses itself and makes itself felt in prayer. It is the Holy Spirit that comes into man's heart together with prayer. In prayer, he manifests himself first of all and above all as the gift that helps us in our weakness. This is the magnificent thought developed by St. Paul in his letter to the Romans when he writes, For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. Therefore, St. John Paul continues, the Holy Spirit not only enables us to pray, but guides us where? From within in prayer. From within in prayer. He is present in our prayer and gives it a divine dimension. Thus, he who searches the hearts of men knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And he closes, prayer through the power of the Holy Spirit becomes the ever more mature expression of the new man who by means of this prayer participates in the divine life of God. So what St. John Paul II is saying there, along with St. Paul is, when we enter into conversation with God, and that's what prayer is, right? Conversation with God. Then we are entering into the very life of God. Now it's interesting I said this section, these three verses, are really about living by faith. And that is relevant because we could say these three verses are about living by prayer. You know, how, how could we say that? Well, what does the word faith mean? If you were to go back into the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for faith, emunah, literally translates as either faithfulness, right, or firm response or responsive listening. This is what Paul translates, my friends, in Romans chapter 1, verse 5, and 16, verse 26. He really bookends his epistle to Rome with this obedience of faith. In fact, that's the actual verse in Romans 1, 5, and 16, 26. He's speaking to this obedience of faith. The obedience of faith, my friends, translates the Old Testament understanding of faith, which is faithfulness, the firm response, responsive listening. Okay, so when you talk about faith, we always have to be mindful that we are just not talking about this ascent of belief into the unknown, this ascent of belief into some impersonal magnetic force. No, it's an ascent of belief that God is real and that God is a unity and distinction, love given, love received, and love shared. So, Faith is just not about an ascent of belief in as much as it is also because of just not what we believe in, but who we believe in, <laughs> a response, right? A response, because we believe in a God who is, what does 1 John 4, 16 say? Love. And so out from this faithfulness, 
into a God who is love, we rightfully reciprocate that love and we respond in what? Obedience. Now, what does this have to do with prayer? What does the word obedience mean? Obadire, to listen. We go to God with all of our requests and intercessions and supplications, as Paul would speak to it in 1 Timothy, right? But we do so mindful that he's going to, well, answer our requests, answer our petitions, right? In fact, the word prayer itself, prekari, literally means to ask. Well, if we're going to ask God to help us out, should we not listen? What is the prayer of Samuel? Lord, listen, your servant is speaking. No, Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. Your servant is obedient. Your servant is one like Abraham who obediently responded to what God said, not what man said. So faithfulness, that is the firm response, the obedient response, opens us up to what? But prayer. Because prayer is conversation with God. Prayer is that listen, response, very real, practical conversation with God. Consequently, my friends, prayer is a conversation of offering to God, where the acts actually speak about our love for God. Brothers and sisters, when our acts are offered unto God. It is literally a conversation with God. Okay, so very important to appreciate some backdrop into what these three verses ought to have us thinking about. Now, according to Paul, Christians are, what, being renewed day by day, huh? Day by day. What does this mean? Well, recall what we talked about in chapter 3, verse 18. Is teaching that the Holy Spirit transforms us more and more into the divine image after the likeness of Christ Jesus. So we are being transformed into the image of Jesus. This transformation ultimately leads us to the Spirit's work in raising up our bodies. Uh, part of this section, once again, is about this uh, hope in the resurrection. And this is why Paul goes on to compare this momentary light affliction with the eternal weight of glory. What's going on there? Well, here, the reference to affliction echoes a key theme of the letter, right? Namely, that God brings encouragement to us in our afflictions. Paul's description of present afflictions as momentary and light should strike you. Right? Light? What affliction is light? All afflictions hurt. How can Paul get away with saying such a thing? Especially after his vivid portrayal of his own suffering in the previous verses, verses 7 to 15. Well, quite simply, my friends, Paul wants us to see that compared with the wondrous glory that will be revealed to us our present sufferings are as nothing. He is talking about this very thing in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Once we compare the weight of the wondrous glory of God against the weight of our own afflictions here on earth, they don't compare. 
he does not negate the difficulty and pain of our hardships. Rather, he relativizes them in light of what God has prepared for those who love him. And this is our hope. This is what we have to look forward to. We live with the end in mind. We see this momentary affliction, this momentary hardship with the end in mind, with this glory of God as the backdrop. What's more, (laughs) these temporary afflictions prepare us to experience the fullness of God's glory as they deepen our capacity to love, as they deepen our capacity to have compassion, as they deepen our capacity to give of ourselves in everything, holding nothing back. That Paul refers here to the fullness of a future glory is evident from his use of what? But the adjective eternal, okay? Paul makes explicit the vantage point from which he lives. We look not to what is seen, but to what is unseen. Interestingly here, my friends, the verb translated look can also mean pay careful attention to or even focus on when you go back to the verse itself. We look not to what is seen, but to what is unseen. We are made to understand that we are called to pay careful attention to not what is seen, but to what is unseen, to then focus on what is unseen. You've heard me talk about this before in the context of being pure of heart. The Greek there, kathados, translates as one thing not being mixed with another thing. So it focuses in on just not the simple-hearted, but the, the single-heartedness, if you will. So the pure of heart plays a very important role in this passage, because if we are going to pay careful attention to the unseen, if we are going to focus in on the unseen, we have to have a single-mindedness, a single-heartedness for God. Now, of course, Paul's vision derives from what? Faith. Faith. Through the eyes of faith, he focuses in on what is seen, and he can because he understands in the light of his ongoing conversation with God, how God works in his life in very concrete ways, to the least of which is how the Spirit transforms his heart and exalts the Lord Jesus in his heart. His attention is on the inner self as well as on what is above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Brothers and sisters, Paul knows well, as conveyed through the image of fragile earthen vessels, that what is seen is transitory, that what is seen is temporary. He also believes that what is unseen is eternal. Why don't we turn to Romans chapter 8, verses 24 to 25. I was just speaking to Romans 8 or at least St. John Paul II was right as he was speaking to the relationship between the Holy Spirit and our life-giving prayer. This is verses 24 to 25. For in hope we are saved. Now hope that sees for itself is not hope. For who hopes for what one sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, 
We wait with endurance. We could say, my friends, we wait for the glory of the resurrection. Father Stegman here offers up a a nice image. (laughs) Like the father who labors strenuously because he keeps his eyes focused on the expected harvest, Paul conducts himself as one whose destiny is to be raised up to heavenly glory. I love that image. I have a father-in-law who is a farmer, and I am taken by how every decision he makes is dictated by the outcome of the harvest, right? Everything he does is governed by something outside of him. Everything he does, who he meets with, how he goes about meeting with them, when he meets with them, where he meets with them, all of that is governed by that single-minded truth. How does this meaning and that meaning impact the outcome, impact the harvest? Because he understands the importance of the harvest. He understands that if he doesn't take care of his business, then he will not reap the harvest. And if he doesn't reap the harvest, he cannot live. Likewise, in the spiritual life, brothers and sisters, God calls us to reap a harvest. And we are only going to reap a harvest if we toil when we need to toil, if we plant when we need to plant, if we care for what we need to care for, and we do so in God's wisdom. Speaking of God's wisdom, are we not talking here about proper perspective? You know, one mark of wisdom is the ability to maintain proper perspective, to recognize what is truly important in life. You know, my friends, our contemporary culture suffers from an immature nearsightedness, mea culpa. Marketers and advertisers have done a very good job, a very effective job of leading people to think that they have several needs, that, that they're no longer a want, but they're a need, right? This is the job of every marketer. This is the job of every advertiser. The need to have the latest and best technology, the need to have the latest and best clothing fashion, so on and so forth. The very speed at which things become outmoded and out of style in many ways dramatically illustrates what St. Paul is talking about here. I mean, how many people do you know have an iPhone 3, or for that matter, a 4, or for that matter, a 5? Most people now have the 6 or even the 7. To have the iPhone 3 or 4, you're outdated. Man, you are ancient, although you were it if you had the iPhone 4 or 5 three or four years ago, right? You see how quickly things become outdated? How quickly things seem out of fashion? Brothers and sisters, there is a transitory quality of what is seen. This is what Paul wants us to see. Christian wisdom recognizes that our present life is a pilgrimage. And when I mean pilgrimage, one who is on the way. So the Christian life understands that we are only on the way, right? On the way where? Well, hopefully to our heavenly homeland. The apostles' teaching here in these three verses really can help us discern properly, I think, between what truly is needed for the journey and what actually encumbers us, right, 
in that journey, such as what does Mark chapter 4, verse 19 say, such as the worldly anxiety, the lure of riches, and the craving for other things. We crave wants over and above needs. And over time, we can't distinguish one from the other because we have been hypnotized to believe that they are one and the same thing. Brothers and sisters, they are not. We are called to heed the Spirit. Our lives are filled with many sounds. Some sounds are imposed upon us. Phones, traffic, sirens. If you live where I live, construction projects, to name but a few. However, many people also routinely seek and invite constant noise into their lives. You've heard me talk about this before. We have the need to drown out all that noise and to enter into God in the classroom of silence. When the prophet Elijah was invited to encounter God on Mount Horeb, he recognized the divine presence in what a tiny whispering sound. We so often turn the volume up when we need to turn it down. Huh? I leave you with a question. And the question that comes to us from Father Stegman. How are you attending the transforming invitation of the Holy Spirit that lives within you? Let me ask that again. How are you attending to the transforming invitation of the Holy Spirit that lives within you? Are you quieting your heart? Are you entering into prayer? Are you able to listen? Are you able to hear what he has to say? Have you put on the lenses of God to see what you need to see? Are you living with the end in mind? How are you attending to the transforming invitation of the Holy Spirit living within you? Allow God to transform your lives and do so with those virtues of faith, hope, and love. Amen. Amen. Let us close with a word of prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we do just give you a special thanks and praise for the gift of another evening. An evening that has afforded us the opportunity to reflect upon the importance of what prayer is, what faith is, how we are called to give more attention to the inner man, the spiritual life, and how this leads to a proper perspective on life. A perspective that we not only gain, but stay in when we live in you. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.